guys and girls and everybody. This is Lissa Mandel from the Bitch Seat Podcast. As some of you may know, we are a part of the Atlantic Transmission Network, which is a network that puts out all kinds of great podcasts. A great way to support our show and our sister shows is to visit theatlantictransmission.com and click on the Amazon link at the top of the homepage. It's all the same great Amazon stuff at the same great price, but we get a small piece for sending you there. So if you want to keep shows like The Bitch Seat going, keep us happy, then, uh, you know, throw in your pennies. You don't even have to pay anything extra. Uh, hi, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> this Welcome. is the Bitch Seat Podcast. I'm Lissa Mandel. I'm Phil Casal. And uh, I swear, every time I hear that intro, you know, and then the, 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 the bass drops, I'm expecting some kind of stadium uh, announcer voice. It's just, I always feel very self-conscious and anticlimactic coming in. Just being like, hi, hi like mousy. Yeah. Hi, well, guys. Well, anyway, this is The Bitch Seat. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in. And uh, today we have on the show... Um, a, a guest who uh, is a fantastic comic and also does a great Barack Obama impression, which I might pimp him out to do. Uh, his name is Deepak Anantha Padmanaba, which I'm very proud that I can say. And that name is incredible. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk to him in a moment. Um, this is uh, the 49th episode. Oh, boy. Of our podcast. You're getting there. We're getting there. And... Uh, I'm going to, why don't you, so what I'm going to read is from Unplugged, which is my black and white composition notebook. And uh, I wrote it, I think, while I was away at camp. Um, I mean, camp, some might call it camp, some might call it college for seventh graders, because that's essentially what it was. It was the Exploration Summer Program at Wellesley, which I've talked about before. Yes. On this. It was an extremely life-changing experience. I did it three summers in a row. I loved it so much. I loved feeling like a grown-up, because that's all I wanted to be. So uh, this is from um, July 1996. July 1996. So uh, what do you have to say about July 96? The Olympics is what I have to say about July 1996. And which Olympics was this? The Atlanta 1996 Olympics that took place in Atlanta. Yes. Uh, It featured Muhammad Ali with the torch. Oh, all right. And Joe Frazier said, and I quote, I hoped he fell in. When he was lighting the torch, because, you know, it's Joe wow, Frazier. Wow, these are bits and pieces that I didn't know about it. I just wasn't totally. in that place of awareness. We won 44 gold medals, which is 22 times 2, for those of you keeping track. 22 is my lucky number. Yes. Uh, 32 silver and 25 bronze. Um, and also, Jack came out that summer. Oh, no! <laughs> Do we have to talk about that? Yes, and the top rock songs were Primitive Radio Gods. Uh, <gasps> yes. so, like, standing outside of a phone booth with, with the, the something in my hand yeah well, which uh which sampled bb king uh a bit harder, harder, baby. Baby. yeah um oh that's yeah wait was this was that the year that uh freshman freshman uh hello for freshman the life of me uh, i cannot remember yes Is that, yes so they come out that so. year too maybe maybe not but the world i know came out that year oh my god <laughs> I will let you know that I did own three Collective Soul CDs that I purchased for the singles on them and nothing else. Yeah, don't there was God a for lot iTunes. of filler. 
Thank God for iTunes. Um, and also, Smashing Pumpkins, 1979, which is my special yearning song. Also, Wait, tonight, why is tonight, it your special melancholy, yearning song? Melancholy and Infinite Sadness. Well, that is, album is, that double album is extremely important. a fucking special album. Yes. Uh, well, I loved all of the Smashing Pumpkins in that album because there was so much, like, there. that's when I knew that there was something more than uh, sitting in my desk and not having friends and when we all got our Halloween pumpkin toys and I, I i drew on mine and somebody massacred it well, and they how, like chopped how? it up they chopped, they like up your chopped pumpkin? it up they chopped up my pumpkin toy cut off its arms legs this is so significant given how much of a halloween fan you have yes. been and are and i named him his, i think his name was salty i don't know why i named him salty, salty the pumpkin salty the pumpkin <laughs> and uh but yeah no, anyway that doesn't matter because that was that year in october but this year in july i discovered the internet and the first website uh-huh. I went to was Star Wars Chat Room, so I could talk about Star Wars. Oh, this is great. Our guest is going to love this. I, I have a feeling... Uh, yes. So... It's a match made in heaven. I made it about myself. Now you make it about you. Let's do this. <laughs> no, it's interesting, to, it's interesting to, to think about those kind of landmarks, because I didn't... I was so up my own butt, as most 13-year-olds are... Um, I didn't know about any of that stuff going on with the Olympics. Yeah, it, it, that was we. I watched. I remember that night. I watched the Olympic, the torch lighting, and I was hanging out with my friend Joe down the street. And Joe's kind of a fucking troublemaker. And so they pranked my friend Ralph, who I never, I haven't hadn't spoken to because he kind of poor Ralph. He got into a weird thing with a friend, and they stopped talking to me. And so he pranked him, and he was like, "Hey, uh, Ralph, my name is Dave. I'm a queer, and I just wanted to talk to you and." Like in a oh, weird way. No. We're all 12. And I'm like, no, 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 wait, Ralph. And he hung up the phone. And then I like got up and left, yeah. went home. And that was when my father's friend was setting up the internet that night of the Olympic torch lighting. Yeah. So you left. So in the morning, you, you left the, the, a swamp morass of bullying. Yeah. And you walked into the blazing sunshine of the internet. Yep. And, and now it's a swamp. <laughs> well, that's a swamp, too. And now we're going ne- to the blazing to be sunshine of... Uh, never to be drained. Never. You can't drain it. When this comes out, we're going to be moving into, uh, into North Hollywood. It's true, guys. So come visit us. We're going to live on Magnolia. We've said this to many people. I feel like that's going to be... That's going to bite us right on the ass one day. Well, we'll only have one couch, but everyone is feel free to stay on our... Everyone is feel free to stay on our floor. I will be speaking English, maybe. Um, so, yes. Flights are cheap. Go ahead. Bring it back. This is not a diary entry, per se, but this is when I was in this phase of just writing descriptions of everything. Oh, yeah. I'm just, like, sitting in my own silence and just writing descriptions of things. So, this is somewhere on Wellesley campus. I don't remember where. The corridor echoed with late afternoon silence. As I rested comfortably on the window ledge, I began thinking and observing my surroundings. Very few people passed. Unbreakable silence smothered everything but heat and the day itself. All being peacefully mute, I let my eyes wander. Posters advertising future events covered walls. Wisps of conversation from the discussion group down the hall floated lightly on the air. Other observers lined the window ledge with stern and concentrated thoughts flooding their expressions. They would look up, dart their eyes quickly, and scribble images and words across the page. Suddenly, out of the silence broke a stirring. Classes were ending, and crowds of students rippled by in a cloud of voices and confusion. In the dining hall, the musical theater class was doing a relax exercise called guided imagery. Most students were not taking it seriously. They giggled and smirked. 
That's it. So basically, um, I don't know if you had this, uh, I don't know if any of you listeners had this, uh, had this kind of feeling about you, but I spent a good deal of my early adolescence, um, not participating, basically not being the active, not being an active participant in life, but sitting in the corner and, uh, judging, critiquing and describing it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was because there was there was there's a barrier, a membrane that you have to like penetrate in order to become a participant, and that's most more or less just your own timidness and insecurity. It was, and I have to say that going to going to this summer program was huge for me because it was the first time that I got to nobody knew who I was, and therefore I was free to maybe be a person who was desirable as something other than a homework machine. Yes. Because that was what I was known as in school. Um, so, but even in this situation where I was free to engage and converse and be a different person, I still chose to stay in the silence and just regurgitate my own mental crap over and over again. Yep. I mean, that's that we do that all the time. I guess eventually, so. eventually you get shook out of it and you do something. And it feels good. And then, but that's like, that's kind of like sitting on the mound watching and waiting for your time to bat, but not realizing that your time to bat is actually any time that you decide to get up. No, exactly. Exactly. Which is why I think, you know, I always used to think that I wanted to be a writer. I talked about it all the time and I wrote a lot, but ultimately I wasn't really writing anything that had a, a plot or anything. I was just writing. It was just going round and round and round in my head, like writing what my feelings were. And that's not getting anywhere. So it was honestly improv. Yeah. That stopped me from doing that. Also, uh, you sit in the pen, not a mound. That shows my extensive knowledge of baseball. So uh, let's bring on our (laughs) guest. Um, Our guest uh, is a comic um, and an educator as well, which is amazing. I would totally love to have had him as a teacher when I was younger. Um, He runs a show called Abe Mixture, which I believe is now seven years old, Uh, has been running in Brooklyn for seven years, a comedy show, which is amazing um, that anything in comedy could run that long. And um, I met him pretty recently. He's a rad guy. His name is Deepak Anantha Padmanabha. It's been one week. All right. So, um, Deepak is just running all of the bases. There's nobody else on the field, but yep. he doesn't care. He's so happy. He's he's like holding um, ribbons that fly behind him as he yep. runs, and he drops one by one, and then he rips off his T-shirt, and then he rips off one shoe, and then he rips off another shoe, and he's just so full of joy. Yes, and under that T-shirt is a is a Max Rebo band shirt. Uh, and on the back of the shirt is all the planets that they're listing. But Alderaan is crossed out as canceled. I know the shirt because I have it. Um, but yes. Hi, Deepak. Hi. Hi Deepak. I have that shirt too. Yeah. But, but it's not a Max Rebo band shirt. There oh, was man. a ska band from Connecticut called. Was it the Flaming Tsunamis? No, they were called Spring Jack. And they had, t- it was the greatest t-shirt ever. I don't know if I still have it or not, but it was, uh, I can't wear it anymore because in the nineties we all just bought extra large shirts because we were idiots. Well, yeah. because we had to, we had to cover our entire bodies yeah. because of the shame that comes, you know, with the grunge yeah, era. Knowing that the eighties happened. Right. But I mean, I'm, I'm a thin person, so it just kind of looked like a, it looked like a shirt that got stuck on a signpost and was just waving in the wind with arms. But it's a, it's a cool shirt. It's, it's a picture of, 
Darth Vader like skanking in like a white suit oh with my the black God. hat. That's awesome. And it has all of their tour location, all the places they've gone throughout the year, like their real tour locations, along with Star Wars planets, and just like you said, Alderaan is a canceled date. <laughs> and it's pretty awesome. I was very happy about that. So I think they, there was another canceled date as well. I think they blew up something else. I think they want to say Hoth, but I'm not sure. So, yeah. so anyway. okay. Hi, you guys. You, you, you're, you're, you're gonna, you guys are going to have to lead on this discussion. But Well, you, you can start. Well, no, because <laughs> I didn't see Star Wars until I was a grown-up. Oh. Yeah, but that was, my fiance was the same thing, too. She, she didn't want to, she, like, the when Force Awakens came out, it came out like the day before my fortieth birthday. So mm-hmm. I was like, "This is special. It's it's happening for this big moment. You have to come with me." And she's like, "I've never seen those movies." And I was, and you know, I knew that, but it was like the amount of like random, like the big differences in terms of like what she'll watch and what I've watched is gigantic. So I I made her. We agreed to it as long as I watched the uh, '90s Anne of Green Gables. Oh God, series. you're so good. Oh, Evanly? I did. I, I watched, uh, we watched part one and part two. She was very critical. I was like, don't even watch part three. It's not even worth it. I was like, all right, you know what? We, I feel like we do operate on the same level because she was like, wait, when we watch these Star Wars movies, are we going to have to watch all six? Um, no, no. We're just, yeah, and we're I just going to watch the good ones. I that too. We're going to yeah. go, yeah. But how much, so, okay. So like when you're a kid, you have certain movies that because you've seen them so young, they have this like permanent imprint in your brain. So like yes. I watched, um, so I was obsessed with The Sandlot and I was obsessed with, um, <laughs> Uh, the three ninjas and uh, oh stakeout and another stakeout and heavyweights <laughs> the sub, the fat camp movie and so these things sort of became my language you know my vocabulary for that time so how old do you remember how old were you when you first got acquainted with Star Wars and how um, how much would you say that it influenced your childhood like that oh. your thinking hmm I big I hope but I do think that Star Trek had more of a oh a really. Bigger- Kick in the pants. Just because there was also, like, there were more people who looked different. So it felt like I think it was probably yeah. easier for me to identify with. Like, I'm like, oh, they, they have a couple of brown guys on that show. So okay. that's okay. Okay, so this, so where but, did you, then where did you grow up where you felt like you looked different from everybody? Oh, New Jersey. Yeah. And, and whereabouts? Uh, northern New Jersey in the Caldwell area. Oh, shit. So, that's where I worked at Starbucks there for, like, six years. I was there before there was a Starbucks there. Yeah. That was super, super duper white, well-to-do area yeah all the called did you have that same feeling that i did when the sopranos was first on you're like i know that area i know that street i think (sighs) i know that kid's house i did those guys all had dads who were in business yep (laughs) and that was the answer and you didn't ask anymore and they gave you the look and you get the look and it's like all right sorry i asked and it's like yeah oh i'm sorry i've been given that look uh by by phil by me yeah yeah well i mean i knew some folks who knew some folks and stuff like that being italian yes Everybody asks. Yes. That's the thing. New, the Sopranos is very close to New Jersey. It wanted to film in Nutley. Yeah, and Nutley said no. It. Nutley said no, so they, they they put the camera in Belleville and filmed into Nutley. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know the street. There's an episode where, like, Christopher's standing on a street, or Tony's standing on a street, and you could see, like, Washington Ave in Nutley. Yeah. It got a little weird, because I was just like, I can't. 
like, this was like when I was in high school and everyone's like, hey, do you like that show 90210? And I'm like, no, I don't really like high school. Why would I go home and watch it on TV? Yeah. I'd much rather watch people in a starship. Precisely. Where, where everyone seems to be totally cool. Nobody seems to be talking shit about each other. Yeah. It seems like a reasonably cool environment. Oh, like, you're, such, some, a, you're yeah. such a peaceful, I knew, I knew it. You're just such a peacekeeper. For me, it was, for me. <laughs> no, that's a different science fiction show. <laughs> yeah, yes. For me, it was Farscape. I love that show. I love that because. I couldn't believe I liked that show. It's terrible, but. But it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's so and beautiful. It's it gets it. Yeah. And it has Muppets. It has, it's just I a can't believe you haven't seen this I've show. I've never it's, seen it. It's so it's good, but it's so good, but it's also really good. It's really good. It was like Sci-Fi Channel's first like really big, gigantic hit. Mm. And it was a little cheesy, and then it was a lot cheesy. Because yeah. they were like, people really like the cheesy stuff. Let's keep doing it. Yeah, let's have the weird episodes. And then every every season ends with a cliffhanger, including the last season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's rude. And it was just like to be continued. And we all, like, you know it's the last episode. And I was watching it when like that movie had already come out and I had the yeah. whole thing. So I was watching it all in a row and it it's w- so many different times. The main characters have died and maybe exploded. exploded, maybe come back. There's a part where one guy, his son has sex with his dad's girlfriend and they wreck the ship. And it's, Oh my God. It's so over the top. So, but did you, did you escape into these, um, into these sci-fi landscapes because there was something about your real life that was intolerable. Yes. And what yeah. was that? <laughs> uh, it's I, I, my students will sometimes say like, Oh, you know, like they'll talk, we'll, I'll mention New Jersey or whatever. How old are your students? They're like uh, middle school kids. And I have a couple of high school classes. Okay. The rough age. Yeah. Okay. It's a tough age. It's definitely a lot of that, but it's, that's also the thing. Like, there's sometimes there are kids who have like actual serious stuff going on. And then there's also just kids who are like extremely 12. Right. Right. And right. So right. It's right. Just right. Like a, it's very erratic. The high school classes I have are like an antidote, but we'll, the, we mentioned New Jersey and they'll be like, Oh, New Jersey's not that bad. I'm like, no, it's terrible. So what about it? What about it for you was, it was difficult. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get out much. I didn't have a car, which basically meant you go nowhere right. in New Jersey. Yep. Yeah. Were your parents uh, overprotective of you? Did they want to keep you at home and busy there? They did. They're very nice people. It's just, you know, they're like, are you sure you need to go out? What about, you know, so when I was getting into comics, they'd be like, so are you going out with your friends? And I was like, I have like two close pals. We're going to go to the comic book store and then probably get some sandwiches and watch Batman Returns again. And it's like, yes, it's like, well, that sounds like a safe bet. You can, you can stay with him. That's cool. We'd go to Suncoast and stare at the VHS covers and then go home and watch Batman again. Are you talking, which Suncoast is this? Is this the one that's Wilbur on? Ball. Oh, business. I was thinking, oh, that one, right. I, I always <laughs> wanted to buy more stuff when I'd be there. Me and too. then I'd be like, I guess I'll just go back to the comic book store. Because yeah. you have like $5 and you can't buy a movie for no, $5. Right. No. There wasn't a $5 bin back then. There wasn't. But once the, once the DVDs came in, all the great VHSs kind of got pushed into the bin. So you could right. like get all sorts of crazy fucking deals. But oh yeah, back in the day, it was like, I'm going to stare at this cover and imagine what this movie is like. Right. Like the, the most trouble I think I ever got in was just sort of like, why did you take so long to come back from the movie? And it's like, we got pulled into a conversation about Star Trek versus Star Wars. Yeah. Were you an only child? uh, Yeah. Yeah. So your parents had nothing better to do, but to like bark up your butt. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot, but it was all for a good reason. So it's like the more I've been teaching, the more times I'll call my house and talk to my parents and be like, Hey, thanks for being really like attentive and on me about doing my work. And then my mom, of course, will be like, thanks for only now realizing 
that you should well, have said sure. that earlier. But at least, like, but it could have been never, you know, it could have been never. Oh yeah. And you see that sometimes when you're teaching, it's a bummer. Are your parents, um, did they, uh, move here or are they here for how, how many generations has your family been in the, in the U S uh, my parents moved here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm first generation. Mm-hmm. I, I got into an argument with somebody about that. About what's like, first versus. Yeah, what's first right. and second. She's like, no, you're second. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go over there. No, first generation is the first generation to be born here. That's what I thought too. And I said that and she didn't believe me. Oh, well, screw that. Yeah. But so, um, you mentioned um, skanking before. <laughs> and I, I just have to ask you about your relationship with ska music because I remember it was that time. It was at that time when I was at explo at wellesley college when that was like huge it was the summer after seventh yeah. grade where skanking was huge what ha- what the fuck happened to it and also i never really liked it but like you can't what? sell happy music for that long no so it's you would consider it ha- happy music yeah, it was yeah. like like it mighty was like mighty like bostones is happy yeah, yeah it was like going to a punk show but everybody was in a reasonably good mood and wearing too much yeah. Which was okay. Oh. And it was fun. It was it had all that like exclusionary kind of were- well, I was listening to this band before you were. And it's like, you know, like I went to one of the Lollapaloozas wearing that Spring Hill Jack shirt and I was like, today I win. Because <laughs> I'm wearing the winningest shirt at Lollapalooza. And like a few I actually got a few people who were like, Whoa, what is that? And I'm like, Yes! I won. <laughs> I won You got some, some hipster cred right away. Yeah, but it's terrific. You know, it wasn't I don't think there were some there weren't that many hipsters at, at that point. That was more of a late '90s thing. So, yeah, yeah. I have to also say about Smashing Pumpkins. I yes. know it's an important album to you, that one, but the one before is way better. Oh, Siamese Dream. Oh, so much better. Yeah, that's, I don't have Siamese upon, Dream. Upon oh, that's the best album. Period. Yeah. It's, that's like it's like I don't have that argument with people about like some people are like oh well Gish is really good too I'm like Gish is amazing but like there's some there's like six or seven songs in a row on that album that are like all number one hits so I feel like Billy Corgan basically he, he when he goes into excess that's when he starts to lose the band like, yeah that's the the double album is the beginnings of that uh, yeah and like it's even the the insert was just sort of like what is all this yeah. nonsense like why are you all dressed like this <laughs> so, um, can anyway. I ask you a question sure were you among your friends when you were younger considered like the connoisseur did people ask you did people come to you as the expert of things? Because you definitely strike me as someone who has like an encyclopedic knowledge of. I know some stuff. Things. I've won a few trivia nights. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, I, I would kind of like pipe up in classes and say stuff, but I feel like people didn't really appreciate it. Now, I, I, and the weird thing is like, for a little while it was like, like you're saying that. And I worked at a video store, so people would be like, I'm going to ask you what I should watch. And I was like, well, you know, and I would talk about what that. Video I worked at a place called Real Life Video on Bedford Avenue oh, nice. back in uh, back in the day. That place closed sadly in like 2008. I was there for a long time, way too long, but I it was a fun job. Were so, you were you ever underage when you worked there? No, I was overage the whole time. Because I wanted to ask about because like okay, I we had a Tommy K's video blockbuster eventually, but Tommy K's was the one that we went to when I was little, and there was is that a chain? I thought that it was, but maybe it wasn't. I thought there were like two or three in Southern I Connecticut. Think it was just like a guy and his son, Tommy and Tommy Jr. There was also Tom, Tommy's tanning right next door, to be honest. So, <laughs> I want to be like you, Dad. Um, I want to tanning a lot. But like in the video place, you know, there is the area in the back where there are walls that don't go all the way up to the ceiling. They go like so that you, there are like two or three feet between the wall and the ceiling. So you can see over it the neon like XXX. Are you talking about the adult section of the video yeah, store? I never went into an adult section of the video store because I was a good kid. Did you guys? Yeah, of course. 
Uh, my friend went in and he got something and then I would, he, he got, ran but out. how he got, Oh, he, he was 18. Oh, Oh, got you before I was. So. I, yeah, I don't know. Just wondering. Cause that was a, I never, I never went in one and now it's too late. Cause video stores don't exist anymore. Well, I, when I went into the video store, when I worked at the video store, we had a small corner of smut and it was, <laughs> I went to another, there was another video store I went to years ago and they had this weird black binder and it's like what is that and he and it, it literally said smut on it and he just goes it's smut <laughs> and like he was annoyed that i even asked and of course i looked and i was like you're right this is smut great thanks and i feel duly weirdly intimidated because you're all looking at me so i'm just gonna go rent duly noted duly noted something with michael keaton and leave oh yeah i miss him but yeah, yeah it's it's weird there were the it was weird that one like yeah. people would rent those and then it was awkward when people would come in. Like there was one time these two really awkward boys came in with their mom. Oh no. And they had to pay off the late fee in front of her and they, they didn't have the money. So she had to pay for it. And it was like, Yikes. oh, this is. Yeah. But this is why, you know, when the internet showed up, it actually solved a lot of problems. Right. I yeah. actually was just kind of like, you really don't have a laptop. <laughs> like just. Yeah. Take care mm-hmm. of it over there. This is yeah. terrible for all of us. The worst is when I hear that people download full movies and then get sued by companies that own the rights to the movies and basically right. shook down for money. It's like, just stream it. Right. Just stream it. It's a 10-minute clip. That's all you need, right? Right. Like, I don't have any, uh, whatever. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Internet common sense. Not everybody <laughs> has it. Um, well, tell us what, uh, what you brought to share with us today. What item? I brought a few items because right. I wasn't sure what to bring. Great. I had Great. one item in mind and then I had a few others. Great. Um, Let's have this reveal moment. All right. Uh, so the first. We see a Midtown Comics paperback. It's all comic books. And then Sweet. one thing that's not a comic book. So just to continue on what you were saying, yes, I was an indoor kid too. Oh, I was definitely an yeah, indoor yeah. kid. I was an indoor kid. So uh, this is a book that my parents bought me for my birthday. Oh, yes. Which <gasps> is one of the greatest ever. That has still a lasting effect on comic I can't, books. Yeah. You and Phil are going to be best friends. You have no idea. Phil draws Batman on every surface it's that a, he can but find. Now it's, it's I don't like Batman problem. anymore, but I love that book. Yes. Like, my issue yeah, with Batman so is that tell, I feel... So t- tell the, uh, the listeners the what book the book is. The book is Batman The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller, and it's incredible, and it's what the whole Dark Knight series was kind of based uh, on. So when did this come out? Let's see. 86. Yeah. And yeah. by that point, oh, everybody, wow. everybody yeah. was, was sort of seeing Batman as Adam yeah. West, goofy. Yeah, and then they used some of the visuals from it for... Uh, for the Keaton Batman movies, but they didn't really like get into what made this character like work that way yeah. until, until they did the Christian Bale movies, which were great. Like they're so good. That, Who's like, your favorite Batman? Bale. Really? Yeah. I feel like best. that's a really, um, that's not the most popular choice. Most people would say Michael Keaton, who's excellent. He's my favorite. I, I He's love excellent. Michael Keaton. But my, Christian Bale, yeah. he, despite some of the cheesiness when he yeah. gets all like, really <laughs> Yeah. that like he's yeah. still great like yeah. he makes sense he also like covered the idea of like oh no bruce wayne is fake i'm just batman all the time yeah like it was no big deal whereas like in the michael keaton movies he's like really thinking about it and it's like what are you thinking about you have a secret layer yeah. you're not this guy but it's kind of fun. like he's kind of farcically bruce wayne in batman returns yeah. which i kind of appreciate just him being not not well put together that movie is about freaks dating each other i love it that's that I, movie is so underrated. I really think it's better underrated. than the one before. And I love Danny 
Danny DeVito as the penguin yeah. is weird and fantastic. Oh, it makes tons he's, of sense. It makes so much sense. It's so much better. It's terrific. And it's so perfect. It's like, it's the most Tim Burton. It's more Tim Burton-y than the one before. Yeah. And it and it's part of it is because like the visual design was done by the guy who did Edward Scissorhands and a lot of his other stuff. Whereas the guy who did the design for the first Batman was like this other gothic British designer. Yeah. It wasn't bad. It no. looked great. And you won an award, but... So what? So yeah. you? How old were you when you got that book? Do you remember? That was probably eighty nine, so thirteen, fourteen, maybe. And then, what about it? What about it touched you or compelled you in a way that you would hold on to it for so long? Oh gosh, um, I don't know. It was. It's just. It was really compelling. It was one of those things where, like, whoa, these characters are really cool. I really enjoyed it, and I love that the char- Like, they spent a lot of time like explaining how everybody was. Like, they made he made everybody feel very real. Mm-hmm. And that was really so. It's like a character development. Yeah, character development was absolutely incredible on that one. He also wrote the weirdest crossover ever, which shouldn't be good at all. He wrote RoboCop versus Terminator, <laughs> and it's great. Like, it shouldn't be good. It shouldn't be good. The same way that, like, you know, I would imagine that Superman versus Muhammad Ali is probably really silly. Like, it's yeah. like, yeah. oh, did you hear that came out? I was like, who cares? Kind of weird and <laughs> sad. Yeah. For Superman. <laughs> like not Superman, for, pick on someone your own size. Right, like Muhammad Ali is a champion, or was a champion, a real a person. He was a human being. Right. A fake yeah. person fought a real person. Yeah, no. No, that's not a competition. That's called a dream. Yeah. <laughs> so what about Batman do you no longer uh, like? Identify They with pointed it out in the last Dark Knight movie where at one point... Um, uh, Alfred says to him, he's like, why don't you just give all this tech to the cops? And he's like, well, they can't be trusted. And I was like, what do you mean they can't be trusted? You've been working with the cops for years. And it just kind of occurred to me, he's he's basically like if one of the Koch brothers was Batman. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, he just basically is like, I can't trust trust these these institutions of government, so I must hoard all of my wealth, create a secret army, and no one will know what I do. It's very Ayn Randian. But it's also, it's very very Ayn Randian, but that that development happened right around 2005 to 2008 in the comic books, where he developed the satellite system called Brother Eye to watch all of the heroes, so he could, in case they went rogue, what? he could stop them. But then oh, yeah. it became sentient, and so he created his own villain yeah. by accident. Oh well, that's that's Ultron too. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Essentially. So, yeah. so Batman essentially um, is a, a megalomaniac who can't delegate responsibility. Yes, he has to take care of it. They're all changing it now by giving him like by really putting the strength on the Batman family, which is all the Robins, the Batgirls, the and and making it more of a unit. But I just, (laughs) yeah, I miss, like, Bruce Wayne, young, fucking up Bruce Wayne with his pouchy belt and trying to learn things and figure, like, the first five years of Batman are where it's at. Yeah, this is why I'm excited about about the Spider-Man coming up, because as a kid, it's a really, it's it's a kid, being a kid, you know, and that's... Did you see Civil War? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I was like, I was... After they got rid of Andrew Garfield, I'm like, they should just go back and get Tobey Maguire to do it. 
And that'd be kind of cool. It'd be like they pulled him out of retirement and then the Avengers came along after he had mm-hmm. retired. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool. He can tie it all together. Yeah. But I like the new guy. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. He's really awkward. I also, Marissa Tomei is Aunt May. I'm, I'm in. Yeah, I'm into cool. it. I'm into it. I'm pretty into that too. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, they got across so many themes and feelings in, what, like a five-minute scene? Yeah, that it, scene with him and Stark is fantastic. They, that's all, it, it creates so much out of so little that all those movies had to yeah. take so do so much to and explain. also even though I thought that Ben Affleck was okay in the Batman movie that new movie that's garbage. another reason just terrible it's fucking hot garbage he's a good a, Batman okay alright I anyway, have to reroute this because we're, we're, this, this has turned into inside baseball people are going to be like right, what's going on so let's talk about these other comics that you brought right. and my why. friend in college who was my roommate he got me we'll go to this last one last Okay. Uh, when I was in college uh, he tried to get me into this book and this is called Johnny the Homicidal Maniac and it was the, <laughs> it was the predecessor to this other book called Squee and I Feel Sick and then after that he started writing an animated series for Nickelodeon called Invader Zim which is still on oh, television yes. your and friend? no my friend got me into this oh I see and he was always like he was kind of a goth guy Martin and he was like oh you gotta check it out I'm like I think I'm not I'm not interested in your silly it looks goth very, like the, the cover of this comic book it's covered in, in knives and there's a, a human like figure with like a gigantic eyeball and it's just very um it's very Edward Scissorhands actually yeah, yeah. It's a little very, bit of Red Hoic in there a little yeah. bit of Red Hoic <laughs> <laughs> Which is good, because it's really silly. Like, so, it's a very silly book, and oh, I eventually so it got it's, it. It starts out really dark and gross, mm-hmm. but like it gets very silly over time. And the whole book, you realize, the reason my friend was trying to get me to read it was because the whole book just makes fun of goth culture the whole time. Uh, and it's so funny. And then when you watch Invader Zim, it's also doing that, too. Mm-hmm. And it's great. And I'm amazed that that show is popular, and this is popular. And like at that time, I found this book and the next book that I'm going to show you and it was like right after I was like done with the X-Men and I'd been collecting X-Men I think for like eight years and just like at that point also like I wasn't really an indoor kid anymore I was doing stuff I was going to things Mm -hmm. I was like you know I worked in a radio station in college and I had I was having like fun so it was nice to get out and so like I didn't need the X-Men anymore nope that's and they so were, interesting. And it worked out because they, the, they weren't very good at that point. And I was like, I don't care anymore. I started calling it Days of Our Ex-Lives. Yeah, it got real soap opera. What year is that around? 95, 96. Right, yeah, right yeah. when... Uh, it was right after right Onslaught. Yeah. And Wolverine lost his bones, yeah. It got was, real weird. When Grant Morrison picked it back up, it got that's, better. That, that's when it got good. But right. for Inside four baseball. Years. Inside baseball. Sorry. Sorry. I just... I know because I want to make it about Deepak. I want to make it okay. about him and his experiences. Okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. Back to this. So then... I also discovered this book, and yeah. this book... Now, what is this? It's called... It's called Milk and Cheese, and it's by a guy named Evan Dorkin, and his name is Evan Dorkin, and he also <laughs> wrote, like, a personal book called Dork for years, which is amazing, too. And so I basically stole this from a girl and never returned it because I don't return things, but also it was so good. Duly I, noted. Yeah. Sorry. Um, like, if someone's like, let me lend you a book, I'm like, that's just you giving me the book. You should just let me buy <laughs> Oh, you're the book. that guy. I am that guy. And so, like, nobody, I don't let people, like, lend me stuff. I'll mm-hmm. just be like, I'll just get it. It's fine. Just tell me. I'll write it down. I'll get it. And so, it was all crumpled, too. But it's in better shape now. And I actually took it to the artist and had him sign it. He's like, what the hell, man? And I was just like, I gave up other comics after I got this book. 
Really? And, he so- was, and I was like, uh, so many of my, I was like, you changed the way I looked at comics for good, everything. But like, why is that? Is it because it's like a tongue in cheek? Like it really, it recognizes itself and pokes fun at itself? Because yeah. like the cover of this is like an animated, um, like personified, or what is the word? <laughs> Not personified. Um, it's a, a, a milk anthropomorphized carton. Milk anthropomorphized milk carton. And a piece of cheese. And a piece of cheese. And it's called <laughs> Milk and Cheese Dairy Products Gone Bad. And so in that issue, at one point, they steal a school bus and start quizzing the children and they get and, and just and then it gets really scary after that. And they, they, it's really insane and violent, but it's all just like really silly jokes. What do you think age? What age is this aimed for? Teens and very angry late teens yeah. who are lonely My, uh, and undateable. <laughs> <laughs> we, I had a comic store by my by my middle school, yeah. and all my friends would go in and we'd just shoot the shit. And one of my friends was like, "Yo, milk and cheese sucks." And the owner of the comic store was like, "Get out!" Yeah, and he was banned. Because <laughs> it's great. It it's like you could tell, like he. It was. It's all just catharsis, and it's it was so, so fun, yeah. and it felt really good. Like you'd read these books, and like comics was like a place to hide. This was like comics was just like I need this to explode. Yeah, and it felt good, and that was when I was just like, hey, this is it. All and it, you know, I was also like trying to make a movie in college at that point. It was so fun because I was actually reading this, and then I was like, hey, it is okay if the characters get a little loud and wild and crazy and yeah. silly. You know, I'm not going to, at one point they decide they're, they literally sit at home and watch TV and drink beer. And there's one episode where they're like, we we're bored. We what's bowling. Everyone's really excited about bowling. So they storm a bowling alley, beat up three milk people, and cheese, milk do? and cheese do. And they're the size of a carton of milk and wedge right. of cheese too. And they run into a bowling alley, then start bowling. And they're like, that's it. And they're like, yeah. And then they burn the bowling alley to the ground in retaliation. <laughs> Cause they're like, this is the stupidest thing ever. We will. And then, and there's like a long montage page of just them beating and punching. Okay. Everyone. I see how it's this would be like a really useful. I mean, I kind of wish I had known about them because, oh, you, loved them. you know, I was really into like the dark <laughs> and bothered characters, you know, like the Darius of this world. Oh, I love that show too. Uh, right. And so th- that show was very much like, fuck all of these idiots. Are we kidding ourselves yeah. here? And this yep. is kind of the same thing. Only it's animated carton of milk and wedge cheese. And then yes. on the back, uh, this, this girl had, dumped me I was very sad and then for my birthday my friend got me this and like I literally started crying like it was oh, such a because they're week. friends well no because yours. that was the one issue I was missing and he got it for me and it was so satisfying so I'm like laughing my ass off and it was like such a joyful laugh after such a bad week oh that's beautiful yeah and and the, the this cover of this other one milk and cheese um first second issue in the upper left corner there's a picture of milk popping out and it says with a speech bubble we hate what you hate and which is not a, it's not a very it doesn't sound like a very positive message but to be honest like that's why I loved Daria that's why I loved every character the Janine Garofalo says, ever played and, that, and, the and the cheese says and we hate you <laughs> so basically I just feel like this would have been so appealing to me yeah. because it's a very self-deprecating kind of humor yeah. and um yeah it's like on the first issue if you're so hip why aren't you reading comics lisa yeah yeah it says if you're so goddamn hip yeah then why, <laughs> why are you reading comic books it says cheese who's wearing a black beret and lenin shades i love that did you like kevin smith movies i did yeah i, I kind of it's kind of the same kind of vibe of like fuck everything man like when i watched clerks uh and you see just all of these the stupidity of humanity just walking <laughs> in and out just like 
Uh, like, of course he's going to sell cigarettes to a child. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, even if he was looking at the child, I feel like that's something yeah. that would happen in Jersey. The 90s felt very like, we're going to roll our eyes at everything because it all sucks. You know? <laughs> We're heading back to that point, I think. We are. It's The, we, the pendulum we, is swinging we fucking, for sure. We glamorized the shit out of the 80s, but now it's time for the 90s to like really set in. And in terms of that, that's just the depression. I told you, like, the 90s, in all, of the, in all of the stores now, they're selling those fake um, tattoo chokers again, <laughs> crushed velvet no. uh, yeah. dresses, and uh, snap crotch bodysuits, which are all very 90s items. And I was like, I'm not ready for this. Oh, no. But it's you, back. It's gonna. It, it, it's a good thing that it's back. It's yeah. okay. It's gotta. You gotta let these things run its course. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Into it. Anyway, so, so tell us about this last one, book. Yes. I had pretty much given up superhero comics, and I had started teaching. And I was, I was teaching a comics class, and like in at our at a summer camp. And when you were talking about your Wellesley thing, yeah. it kind of reminded me of some mm-hmm. of the kids at the camp. Mm-hmm. Like this camp was an art camp, so. These were like the kids who didn't always do really super good at school, but they were they were huge stars at the little art camp. Right. So it became this wonderful thing. And right. we like I never went to anything like that, but as a as a teacher, it was fun as hell to work there mm-hmm. too. And I was a little like I think I was like a couple years older than some of the other teachers who worked there, but it was still like you're surrounded by it. And it was also my first taste of teaching. So we're teaching comics and this one kid, Ruben Talishkin, who's awesome, and he's also now an artist, I think, living in Detroit and he's awesome. And he'd come to me and he's like, you like comics a lot. Right. And he's like, you should read these. And it was like a couple issues of this book, which, which is, is called uh, amazing Spider-Man coming home. Mm-hmm. And it's written by J. Michael Straczynski, who wrote the Babylon five series mm-hmm. and a number of real Ghostbusters episodes. Oh, really? Yeah. I love that show. I can't believe it was so good. Like, yeah. Right? You think it's like, this is, this is like mash. Good. Like, yeah. We need to have a viewing. I've never seen it. So good. Anyway. So good. You should watch mash too. Yeah. Also very good. Have seen mash. A lot Love of mash. good, okay. a lot of prominent nineties comic writers and animated writers like Bruce Tim and Paul Dini got their start on those eighties cartoons that were just made to sell action figures like yeah. he man. Like yeah. they, they would farm them out and then they would write them and they would be good episodes. Like, uh, I think man at arms and some other guy are like stranded and they're vicious enemies, but then they understand each other. But, they're action figures. So Yeah, so it's like, we've changed, <laughs> yeah. <him> and I. <laughs> Stiff movements, head bent. Um, and so in the story, Peter is, and I just kind of took it home as a woman, I didn't think much of it. And so Peter goes home and is like, he's unemployed. He's not in college or anything anymore. So he needs a job. And so Aunt May convinces him to go get a job working as a teacher in the local public school. Uh-huh. And I'm reading it. And then there's also this other amazing subplot that's going on that's incredible. And like, but it it turned out like the main story was the action story, but the subplot about the teaching thing started to really get to me. And at the end of the story, Aunt May finds out he's Peter. And they have this like actual, like very serious issue with no fighting where they just talk. And it's amazing. And I'd never seen that happen in a comic book. I brought it to the class like a couple days later. And I was pointing out, I was like, yes, it is possible to have a comic book that's just conversation. And I was like, and this is a better example than bringing like Optic Nerve or 8-Ball or any of those. Like this was Spider-Man. And then I asked this kid, I'm like, did you, do you know that I was like on the fence about being a teacher? And he was like, no, I just thought you liked Spider-Man. And I was like, he really? just, he, he he's had like, an no, instinct. he's like, I guess you, I mean, yeah. I know it seems like you like teaching. I'm like, I mean, it's tough. Sometimes I'm not so great at this, whatever. And so, you know, I will inevitably find my way back to this book occasionally. Also, the other thing is he's sad about a girl because he and Mary Jane are broken up. Right. And like, you know, 
there was stuff going on. So it like, of course, ties into all that. So there's like all this other personal stuff happening, but it was very personal. And I got the chance to actually meet J. Michael Straczynski at one of the Comic-Cons. Amazing. And I, but it did not go as well as I thought it would. <laughs> I went there, I asked him to sign the book and I looked at him and I was like, you're the, you're one of the main reasons I continue to become a teacher. He's like, all right, thanks. And he's like signing somebody. Oh, so I, I hate like, it when, oh, you're, on, when your icons are disappointing in yeah. real life. I was like, oh. But yet the work, the work was, it came to you at exactly the right yeah. moment. It really did. And it was, it was wonderful. And it's kind of like, it's nice. Like every time I see that he's doing stuff, that's really cool. And I, you know, found comics again a few years later. I'm back out of collecting superhero books. So I'm trying to like read better stuff and I'm trying to work on a comic book too. But like, you know. Well, it's that's amazing. Uh, we all want to see it when that happens. Yes. Um, but I, I wonder, so at the time when you got that book and you read, you got to this point where there's a conversation and, and it's more powerful than, um, you know, supernatural things could be. It's just exactly. this conversation. Yeah. Um, had you already, oh, I don't want to take your croissant take away it. from you. Eat it. No, eat it. you take it. No. Um, had right. you already <laughs> begun doing stand-up at that point because no. stand-up is very much like a, a brutally honest open conversation between yeah. you and the audience where it's just you there's no costumes or flashing lights or and anything. the audience doesn't have to participate at they all. don't and but sometimes you know they don't. They, if you're a good comic though they they end up participating with yeah. their presence more than they, they don't even realize it well i had a i had a show it's funny you say that i had a show last night and uh it went very poorly I'm so sorry it's okay it wasn't that bad it was one of those times where like you know I was definitely nervous up there but about halfway through I just kind of realized I'm just gonna have to accept the fact that I'm I'm this nervous and these people are frowning at me like they're not even like pretend laughing they're just Uh, flat out frowning yeah but you know even Mariah Carey bombs like what are you gonna do I didn't watch that but you don't need to you heard all about it I'm sure exactly that's enough I saw her on TV just making the, the the Mariah Carey frowny face which is like perma smile but really angry <laughs> kind of like i mm. see all through all of your bullshit and i'm yeah, done with it i'm mariah carey you remind me of what was that movie she was in glitter yeah that movie yeah, I, glitter. I really uh like that movie it's terrible but it's so good yeah well as most things are so bad yeah. so bad but so, yeah that uh, i started doing stand-up a few years later, I liked performing in front of people. I, liked, I did plays and stuff. I, I liked doing film and stuff. And I was, uh, you know, kind of up and down in the last, I guess, uh, throughout the 2000s. And then I was working at a computer store called Mikey's Hookup. And this, so this is around... We were just talking about Mikey's Hookup. Yeah. I need to go there and get all the data off of my dead com- my computer that just died and put it on my new one. Okay. Yeah. They, they will, they'll try and help you with that. Yeah, thanks. They'll work on it. They're, They're good great. guys. They're great. <laughs> Um, and <laughs> some of my best friends are from there and it's awesome. It's a great store. I'm trying to tell her to not go to Geek Squad. Which is the location of Mikey's Hookup, Upper East Side? No, it's in Williamsburg on oh. North 6th Street. Damn I expect a discount for that plug, which was completely, <laughs> no, I'm not going to get a discount. Um, but it's, it's okay. So like we worked there and then one of my friends who worked there was this guy, Abe. And Abe was a stand-up comic and mm-hmm. Abe, uh, I, around 2008, like I was kind of like out of a job and I was... I also worked at like a comic book store and then the comic book store laid me off. And so it's like Ugh. January, February around that time. Which and is he, already a dark time. Yeah. And it's like li- literally. Yeah. 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 
And so like he called me up and he's come hang out at my house and we're hanging out and he's just like, listen, I have a show next week or a show in a month. Why don't you come do my show? I'm like, like as what? He's like, as a stand-up. I'm like, I'm not really a stand-up. I mean, I don't really do. And he knew that I liked telling jokes and like kind of getting and doing things like that. And he's just like, look, I know you just got laid off from a comic book store. So I'm, I know you have the time. So you should just do it. And I was like, all right, I'll just do it. And so then me and my friend Hiram started doing sketches for his show. Mm-hmm. And his show was called Ad Next Year. Mm-hmm. And then he passed away at the end of the year. And then we started doing our show. And that's how it got to be called Abe Mixture because we picked right. up from him. And then I love that. And it was, it was very nice. And, uh, you know, it's, it still feels a little odd. I found myself wondering around like the sixth anniversary, like, would he be okay with us doing this? Like, I think he'd be like kind of cool. He's like, Oh, that's cool. You're still doing it, but don't you want to do other stuff now? Like I worry (laughs) that he'd be like that, but it's still fun to do this. So So as long as it is fun, as long as it's bringing you joy, continue to do it. Yeah. You know, it's become a really long tradition. And is it okay? Cool. Seven I like years that. is a long time. That is a long, long time. Yeah, That's I great. had more hair. I met my future wife there. I also met my future wife in '96. How was that? We went to UMass at the same time. Mm-hmm. She was a freshman when I was a senior. She lived in my building. I used to see her all the time, but she wasn't too into me because I just was like long hair, and she wasn't into that. Wait, how long is long hair? Long, like ponytail. Uh, like past my shoulders. You want to see? Yes, please. If you could send us this picture, we could put it up on the bitchcheekpodcast.com. Oh, okay. I will do that as well. Um, but I do, I wanted to send you this with the other picture you asked for. Awkward teenage boy, Deepak. And, uh, I, I used to be shy about showing this, but my students all ask. So I show them and they're just like, you look better without hair. And I'm like, wow, you guys are. Thanks guys. Thanks. Thanks thanks a lot guys. You guys are really fun No, but you're very distinguished because you have a very nice silver color. Yes, but it was black once. Whoa! Okay, this hair is very long. This is like headbanging hair. <laughs> yeah. Luscious nice. headbanging hair. Okay, yeah. so you met your future wife, but your hair looked like that, and she was like, no, thank you. Exactly. And then um, we met again at one of my comedy shows. So we had a mutual friend, Stephanie, who we invited to the show, and then Sarah came, and we started talking afterwards, and I asked her out, and she said yes. And then I also was like, hey, that works. Wait, Just so when you asking. saw her at yep. that, yes, that is, yes. I couldn't, I was like, oh, right, that has worked in the past. And it was, it was nice. She's really sweet. So, you know. It well, it cool. worked out. It did work out. It was, it's an amazing relationship. I mean, we're going to, you know, we're going to be married, which is pretty nice too. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. Yeah. Congrats. And, uh, and thank you. And she's, she's very sweet. So. Uh, and she's also like very honest too. So I'll be like, you know, like, do you think I'm a good comic? She's like, you're, you could do better. So, but she's not, and she didn't mean that in like a mean way. She's very, she's very constructive criticism. She offers a lot of good advice. And, you know, like I'll, like she's like one time I had to do a show and I was very nervous. She's like, just do your bits in front of me. And I'm like, all right. And so I did it. And she was, she did well. She was just like, don't use that one. That other one. Is that your, is that the one you're going to end on? Is she a comic? No, she's not a comic. She works in advertising and she's just like, what's that other one? And I was just like, I don't, I was going to end with that. And she's like, oh no, no, don't end that one. It's terrible. It's, it's very sad. No, don't it's good. That. People in advertising are very useful for arranging a set, to be honest. <laughs> because they think they're like, yeah. uh, no, I lost you there. I lost you there. You yes. Know? That yeah. was that. Yeah. Very, Perfect. she's very clear about that. But she also, she likes me. She doesn't want me to look too much like an ass. Cause she has to also be standing there next to me and be like, all right. I don't want you to look that bad. You Fair. Know, I'm this concerned is my guy, about how so. I look, too. You know? <laughs> so, and it's great. She's wonderful. 
Well, um, before I, because I did, I did promise the listeners that I would pimp out your um, Obama so, impression. But before oh, yeah. I do that, uh, I'm going to give you a gift. I get a gift? Wow. Uh, yeah. Guests all get gifts, which are pieces of ephemera from my childhood bedroom, which still exists fully intact. So you can feel free to um, throw it out the window or in the garbage or save on save it in your safe deposit box, whatever. Okay. This is a a deck of um, Crazy Eights cards. Uh, Crazy Eights is a card game. Uh-huh. I don't remember how to play it at all, but it's in this plastic case, and the cards all have, like, circus animals on them. Oh, my God. And, um, so that's, like, from the 80s or possibly 70s. Oh. Um, and, uh, oh. yikes. And the building comes crashing down around us. So, I don't know. They might be fun to collage with, or you could learn how to play Crazy Eights. I think I want to learn how to play Crazy Eights. Pretty sure the whole deck is there. Play yeah. Play with my fiance. I Amazing. Mean, a lot of fun. Are you game people? Uh, we, her family is like all into board games and card games and stuff. So, like, when I spend holidays with them, it's a lot of fun. They're oh, really, perfect. They're really, that's also where I got better and better with trivia. But, perfect. like, they're way better than me. They're very good. This bear. Is just your your spirit animal. I I know it's a great bear. It's a great bear. Like it's the kind of thing where you're like, I know it's kind of cruel to put a helicopter beanie on a bear. But I, I don't. But he's smiling. He's having a great time. I just want there to be regular bears walking around in regular life. We're okay. Is he wearing like little shoes though? Too. He's got little roller skates on. That's definitely animal cruelty. But it's fine. (laughs) Uh, but the vest, <laughs> this vest is fantastic. I want this vest. Yeah, it's like, a, it's, I want to wear this vest and it's not a have a shirt vest. on. Yeah. And it's fantastic. I don't think, I don't necessarily want to take my shirt off, but. <laughs> yeah, I, but you know. I could see you being like a yogi bear type. I am. Yeah. I draw bears in the posters all the time because like it's just, yeah. I, it's the one character I'm very good at drawing. So I just kept drawing it over and over and over again. And so like. That's how Phil is with Batman. Yep. Yeah. So I draw that all the time. I, I did draw some silly Batman once for like to entertain a kid. Like I drew Batman laughing at a joke and then Batman eating a slice of pizza. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the kid was like, I like the slice of pizza one. It's kind of funny. The creepy Batman laughing one. I don't want to look at again. Like he was really genuinely creeped out by it. So yeah, it's very Joker. It's, you can't, it's weird. You can't have the Joker being heroic and you can't have Batman laughing. No, you can't. It defeats the purpose. It totally defeats the purpose. Which yeah. also, like, you know, it's the same way that, like, you know, I can't look at a Coke brother and see them smiling and be like, nope. what are you really smiling about? Did you get yeah. to hurt someone that was poor? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you yeah. get to, yeah. Yeah. Did you get to send an, an elevator full of your enemies crashing through the ground? Yeah. I don't know why that that's came a, to mind. That's kind of how I got my start in, in sketch comedies. My first sketch was Batman at a drive thru but in a Christian Bale voice. And I was, like, just trying to order Can something. I hear a little bit of it? Uh, if you do your Obama, I'll do. I'll do. We're gonna hear Obama at a drive-through and Christian Bale Batman at a drive-through. Right. Okay. I want the number six. <laughs> Not so spicy. <laughs> what do you mean you're cash only? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot my wallet. Damn it. That's basically that's the whole Great. thing. Great. Love it. And then he's got any pace for everything with like a black and American Express <laughs> yes. card that has the Batman symbol on it. That's the and best it weighs joke like a pound. It weighs like yeah. a pound, and like he no. doesn't get the person at the at the drive through who's like really into that. Like if the person's like, "Why do you have such a heavy card?" And like they're just like, "It's like, don't you impress the Batman?" No, it's, <laughs> it's too. Platinum. 
It's two in the morning. It's covered in somebody's blood. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely like, he threw it at somebody. You're Batman. Why did you need to take your charge card out ever? And All right. All right. You know, <laughs> for these kind of situations, you should really bring, bring cash. And no, I'm not scared of getting beat up at ba- by Batman at a drive-thru because there are cameras here and I'm going to put it on YouTube. So, you know. <laughs> Just speeds away. Yeah. Yeah. Drive off, Batman. Just I'll eat your onion rings. <laughs> Obama, what are you ordering? What are you ordering at the uh, the Sonic? Say, oh, uh, as Obama? Yeah. Um. Well, I gotta say, uh, <laughs> the kids aren't here. What would I? What would I get? What would I do? What, like, what is it? What is an exciting uh, drink or treat? I think uh, I don't know Sonic that well. Oh, then we are not going to do Sonic. What's your okay? Where would where would you go as Obama? I think uh, publicly he would go to McDonald's. I think privately maybe he'd go to Burger King. Oh yeah, so let's yeah. hear the Burger King. Let's hear Obama after hours at the Burger King. Do you have that chicken? Do you have that chicken parm sandwich? I like that one. You don't have it. You know I'm. You know why I'm. This is something like three months. So you can't. You can't make it. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I know that I'm not in the White House anymore. <laughs> Um, what about uh, the one that has onion rings on it? Can you make, can you make that one? No, my what? That's not for the kids. It's for me. All right. I see how things are going. You think maybe you could cut me a deal on this? You don't have onion rings anymore? All right. That's what I thought. All right. No, I don't want to take a picture with you. Just give me the sandwich. Oh my god. Oh. You're so good at it though. You really you really could make some some side cash with that. I, I I don't know. I've thought about it, but I also I feel a little bad now doing it just because yeah. like the first time I did it, I did it to to annoy one of my friends who was like a big Obama fan before I was and he would talk about Obama. I was telling you this, like he would talk about Obama like he was like a like a magical figure, which at that point I didn't believe he was. Now I do. Yeah. But, you know, because he, he is like who he's mythological who yeah. tells jokes at like a correspondence dinner and kills a major terrorist target and then just sh- and also reveals his birth certificate and shuts the entire debate down in one weekend oh he's fucking he, yeah I, that's he amazing did do that in one weekend. he did that in one weekend and it's like you're awesome like mm-hmm. yeah. you're amazing he's a real life superhero he what? is an actual superhero yeah and that's what's so incredible about it but I did it just to annoy my friend and he'd be like he's so great he could do it he, I'm like dude he's just a human being and, he, and I'd say, like, oh, name something. And he'd say, like, I don't know, like, soda. You know, the girls don't let me drink soda, or at least <laughs> Michelle doesn't. Not around the girls, but when they're not there, it's just really Coke Zero and a pack of menthols. You know, it's <laughs> weird. I just sometimes, it hurts a little different. It's got a minty flavor. <laughs> Does Can't Obama prefer Dr. Pepper or Mr. Pibb? Well, I, I honestly can't drink anything that sugary anymore. So it's really, it's just that lemon seltzer. (laughs) It's that or I start smoking cigarettes again. But, you know, I I will start smoking cigarettes the moment I walk off that stage. Life is short. Life is short. He will. Yeah. He's gonna be. He's gonna be rolling jays. He's gonna be smoking the, cigarettes. I think he Joe. should just pull out a cigarette and just yeah. like. I think he should be smoking the whole way to the helicopter. If they, if he, if by chance he hosts SNL after his presidency, oh my god, I fucking, I want him to pull out a cigarette during the monologue. Yeah. That would be actually. I want him to pull out a cigarette during the monologue, and then I want Dave Chappelle to come out and light the cigarette yes. for him. And then he just goes. He has to do that for me now. Uh, all the time. Yes. That's how it goes. 
Uh, Deepak, do you have anything that you would like to uh, plug on your way out here? Yes. Uh, so knowing I, this comes out on January 29th. Knowing yes. on January 29th. Uh, we have a show. We have just celebrated our seven-year anniversary. Congratulations. At Congratulations. Legion Bar on uh, January 12th. So we have a show on February 9th, mm-hmm. and we would love it if you would come by. It's at the Legion Bar, uh, 7.30, and that is a Thursday. And, uh, you know, it's a really good time there. The bartender, his name is Ian. I consider him to be the greatest bartender on earth. He's a really nice dude. I've <laughs> He's met him. so awesome. Really nice dude. He's so cool. There's a smoking area that is, you know, like basically just a, there's a doorway to a fenced in area where you can smoke cigarettes. So <laughs> if you enjoy doing that, they have that. There's like a, a really, really good pizza by the slice a block away. Yeah. Like half, oh, two pizza places. Yeah. Like one place that's clearly like, looks like they have pictures of the Yankees and police officers. And the other place has pictures of Tony Soprano. And it's like, huh, so that's what's happening here. Yeah. All right. It's great. It's, it's great. great. Great pizza, great arguments. It's a good time. Yes. I, I can't recommend it enough. Come on to our show. It's the best show, and it's great. So if you if you remember, there used to be a White Castle across the street. That's now a condominium complex. Yes. So sorry. You're headed to the right place. <laughs> and, uh, and a great Atlanta uh, the thrift store, the Atlantis Attic. That thing's gone, too. Yeah. What a shame. That place was such a weird thrift store. Seriously? Like they had so much great stuff, and the For people cheap. who were very cheap. I don't even think the people who worked there realized what they had. No, and I think the people who worked there looked. They also looked very shady. Like yeah, it was just like take anything. It's four dollars. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. the way. That's the way Brooklyn used to be. But there are very few parts of it that are still like that. Yeah. I hope those people are the ones who are running the condo. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yes, I'll hold your package. <laughs> and watching you as you walk out the door. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I would love that. So, so yeah, you should do Sorry. that. I also have a drawing website called yes. DeepakDrawing.com. Perfect. So you can take a look at some of the drawings I do for my show or for comics or stuff from my classroom. And that's very nice. Amazing. And I also am, I am the voice and co-writer, I guess, on this other show called Baking with Mercury. And it is a lo-fi sci-fi cooking show. That sounds incredible. That. that sounds so right up my alley. It is fantastic. We've been we've got like I think five or six episodes. It's really crazy and silly, and it was something that spun out of a sci-fi pilot that we wrote. And it's this guy, Doctor Mercury, who makes crazy stuff with a lot of fantastic machines, and it is so much fun with green screen. Definitely gonna check it out. You heard it here fo- first, folks. Baking with Mercury. DeepakDrawing.com. Check out Abe Mixture on uh, February 9th, you said, right? Yes, February 9th. Legion Bar, 7.30 p.m. And um, uh, if you are in the Los Angeles area, keep a lookout for the Bitch Seat live show on March 24th at the Nerdist Showroom at Meltdown Comics. Um, Tell your friends about the podcast. Download it. Listen to it. Enjoy it. Eat it up. That's right. Treasure what got you here. Treasure what got you here. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. As always, I'm Paul. And we're from Juicy Reviews. We have a podcast where we like to talk and review movies, maybe bring on a wacky character from that movie, and always play some games. We like some games. I actually brought a clip, Paul. Wait, you brought a clip? I brought a clip. Can I listen? Yeah.
I look mad young, right? Yeah, yeah. you looked young in the movie, and uh, I hooked up with a bunch of the young chicks at the movie. Oh, you know what? You know what? It's not illegal if you're a police officer. And, and, I believe that. And this yeah. is something I wanted to bring up since you're here. Sure. Tell us about all the hookups on set. Oh my god. Who's Aren't, hooking up with who? Yeah. So yeah. all right. So like, there's like these like Asian girls in the movie. Right. They play, I, the twins. I right? triple kissed them. Okay, oh, a little triple kiss. Triple that way, kissed. you didn't get confused if it was Rachel or Rebecca. Yeah, 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 exactly. I was like, oh, whatever, and I triple kissed them. Was and was that offset or on camera, or and they got cut out, maybe, or? Oh, uh, I didn't do it on camera for sure. Okay. I would never, because I, you know, what I mean, that's I could get in a lot of trouble for that. They, I don't, I don't know how old they are. I can never tell with them. But uh, who else? Let me see. Cecily, the girl. Yeah. I chalked. I, I chalked her. You chalked her. What, <laughs> I chalked what is, her. What is chalking? That's when you kind of forcibly kiss someone. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!